cats love to be up. They love to lord over their territory and watch the world go by. But not only that, cats look at the world vertically. We look at our world horizontally, right? We decide how much room we have up by looking at our floors and how much space the refrigerator takes up or the bed takes up. But your cats look at their world vertically. So the more vertical space you could have, your cat can use his imagination to think that he's traveling great journeys and navigating you know, all of these different pathways around the world while just being safely in your house. Welcome to the Pet Care Report podcast by Pet Summits. Here's your natural cat healthcare host, Dr. Megan Barrett. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Our special guest today is Dr. Rachel Geller, a doctorate in education. She is the founder and president of All Cats All the Time Incorporated, a nonprofit focused on cat adoption and preventing abandonment. She offers free cat behavior counseling to shelters and cat owners in need, highly certified, including as a cat behaviorist and retention specialist and fear-free shelter specialist. Rachel works globally with cat shelters, advising on behavior, training volunteers, and implementing surrender prevention programs. So thank you, Rachel, Dr. Rachel, for joining us today. Thrilled to be here as part of your podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I just want to thank you so much on behalf of all the cats and the cat owners and the shelters for the work that you do, because as someone who's worked in many shelters, and I live in a state where we have 2 million free roaming cats, um, we really need people like you doing the work that you're doing to help manage all the cat population issues and just caring the best we can for our cats. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah. A a big push of mine is surrender prevention. I use my cat behavior work a lot for that because, you know, there are too many cats and there aren't enough shelters. And if I can remove that financial barrier and help people keep their cats in their homes, we're really saving the lives of two cats. We're keeping a cat who already has a home in her home. And now we're freeing up a space in a shelter to help a cat who truly is homeless, who truly has paws on the ground. So thank you for recognizing that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point to make too. So today we're going to be talking about cat behavior since that's your area of expertise. And um, some of the topics we'll cover include uh, shedding light on some of these interesting behaviors that cats do. And then some of the energetic displays that they show, which can be a little bit confusing to cat owners, especially if you're new to having cats. And then, of course, trying to communicate with our cats so that we can have a good back and forth conversation with them and uh, understand each other on a good level. So let's start with um, some of these behaviors cats will exhibit that can be puzzling to their owners. Could you shed some light on some of the most common strange behaviors in cats and the reasons behind them? Well, a lot of people say to me, why is my cat needing my lap? Or why is my cat, you know, needing my arms? So needing is something that young kittens um, do to their mother cat to help stimulate milk production. So it takes them back to those lovely days of comfort and love and warmth and all of these great, great feelings. So it's it's something like, you know, human beings when we indulge in comfort food, right? It takes us back to our childhood and it makes us feel good. So cats do that to feel happy and content. And it it's reminiscent of those, you know, lovely days when they were being nursed by their mom. 
Another thing people ask me about is, why does my cat always rub against me? My cat's always rubbing against me. So um, cats deposit their feel-good pheromones on you when they do this rubbing. So there's a reason for this. When they deposit their pheromones on you, they are in essence marking you as theirs. They're saying to the world, this is my human. She's mine. I love her. I want to keep her. And I want everyone to know that she's my special person. So it's really an act of love. It's an act of affection. And it's completely fine and okay to let your cat rub all around you. So those are a couple of the common questions I get about sort of rather strange cat behaviors. Yeah, definitely. What about some of those energetic outbursts that they might have? So a lot of people refer to that as the zoomies. And cats really do need stimulation and opportunities to hunt and to stalk and to pounce and to capture prey. So many times if you have a cat who gets these sudden bursts of energy and they're running about the house, it may be, and, in, and actually I'm pretty certain it is, because the cat is not getting enough structured, interactive play with you, opportunities to hunt. So if a cat was living outside, that cat would hunt upwards of 20 times a day. So think about your cat in your home. You're probably not spending that much time playing your cat with your cat and letting your cat get these hunting opportunities. And throwing a solo toy on the floor, throwing a fuzzy mouse on the floor or some type of toy on the floor is not a stimulating hunting opportunity for your cat. With a solo toy, your cat has to be both the predator and the prey. So it's not very enticing or appealing. So if your cat is doing a lot of that running around, you know, all of this energy about the house, it means you really need to whip out that fishing pole toy or wand type toy and play interactively with your cat, simulate a hunt, move the toy around. So it's, it's uh, mimicking prey. Sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down, it's scurrying behind something, it's hiding and so forth and, um, simulate a play set, uh, a hunting session with the play. Make sure you end the session with a final capture and food because cats do expect a catch and kill after they, they hunt, after they've killed their prey. So finish that session with food and you will see not only will your cat be happier, your cat will be less anxious and less apt to be trying to get that energy out, that pent up stress and energy out by running around aimlessly about your house. Yeah, that is such a great tip. I've never even heard that before, but it makes sense that they should be eating at the end of their hunting session. Yes. Every single uh, play slash hunting session should end with that wind down. The prey is getting injured. The prey is getting tired. The prey dies. Uh, <laughs> let that cat have the final capture and immediately follow that with food. If you don't let the cat eat what he just caught and killed, your poor cat is left to wonder why all of his great hunting techniques are no longer working. And that's stressful for a cat. We want to calm our cats down and make them feel happy, not leave them revved up and frustrated. Definitely. Those are such great tips. What about cats when you're petting them and they go from being super sweet to all of a sudden like attacking your hand? I hear this all the time. Um, this is called petting-induced aggression, and there are a few causes for it. One is what I just described. If, you're, if your cat's only form of stimulation in her life is your hand moving as you're patting your cat, your cat is going to go after that hand to capture 
the prey. As I said, your cats are natural born hunters. They need to hunt. So one reason is your cat may not be getting enough stimulating and realistic play sessions during the day. The other reason is cats can become overstimulated. And this does take pet owners by surprise because they seem to be enjoying this moment of closeness and seemingly out of nowhere, all of a sudden you get bitten. So um, most cats are very predictable in the amount of time that they'll allow themselves to be petted before they reach that point of overstimulation. And most cats will also give you signals. So start off by looking at your cat. Do you see her glancing at your hand? Do you see her tail twitching? Do you see her skin getting a little twitchy? Are her ears maybe getting rolled back and down? These are all body language signals that your cat is giving you that she's had enough. And when a cat communicates to you 17 different ways that she's had enough and you keep on petting her, she then reaches that point where she feels that she has to bite you. But here's what we can do to solve that problem. Get a handle on the length of time that your cat allows petting. So say your cat allows three minutes of petting before she turns around and bites you. So start keeping track of that. And then always stay below that threshold. So if she allows three minutes for petting, I want you to always stop at one minute, whether or not she's gotten to that point. Stay below that level. And this way you're always leaving her in a contented state and even wanting more rather than getting to that point of overstimulation. So consistently stay below that kind of tipping point and, and um, only, only pet her in that way. You could do it by the stroke too. If the cat allows three strokes, then just do one stroke. If the cat allows seven strokes, then just do four strokes. So you get what I'm saying here. Um, keep track, get a handle on when that flip kind of switches and always stay below that and be consistent. Always, always stop petting the cat well below that threshold where you know she's going to become overstimulated. Yeah. Another great set of tips. My cats love uh, doing that, but sometimes it just seems like he's playing. So, you know, I think we have to, it's just like what you're explaining, knowing those signs of communication where does it seem like they're angry at you at that moment or are they just getting overstimulated and wanting to start hunting and maybe that could lead into a play session if they seem like they're in the mood to hunt and play. Absolutely. You can always distract and redirect. So if you are petting your cat and she goes to bite you, you can get your cat's attention with a toy and then launch into a little impromptu interactive play session. Let the cat have a hunt. Let the cat get the cat, let the captures, let the cat sink her teeth into the prey rather than your arm. And then follow that with, you know, a treat or some food that you know your cat likes. You remain safe. Your cat gets to release his anxiety. Everybody wins. That's great. So what do you think are some things that are absolutely necessary for indoor cats in terms of environmental enrichment and things that they need for their basic behavior health? Well, number one, as I've said, is play. I can't emphasize it enough. Cats who get regular interactive play sessions, and again, with a fishing pole toy or a wand toy, so you're manipulating it to realistically act like prey. This is so important to a cat's life. Your cat won't be bored. Your cat won't be knocking things off shelves. Your cat won't be going after your ankles. All of these things that people complain about can be solved with regular interactive play sessions that simulate a hunt. You know, and be realistic. Some people say to me, oh, my cat's old. My cat doesn't play. My cat's fat. My cat doesn't play. Well, the reason your cat probably isn't playing is you're not being realistic 
and you're not ending every session with that little bit of food. So you may have taught your cat that play with you is pointless. So there may be a learning curve for both of you, but um, all cats do hunt. And, you know, that means all cats will play if you're properly triggering that prey drive. Um, the other thing is, you know, a lot of enrichment opportunities besides that play. You know, cats like things to do. So interactive activity toys, puzzle feeders, those are great things to have for your cat. And vertical space. Cats love to be up. They love to lord over their territory and watch the world go by. But not only that, cats look at the world vertically. We look at our world horizontally, right? We decide how much room we have up by looking at our floors and how much space the refrigerator takes up or the bed takes up. But your cats look at their world vertically. So the more vertical space you could have, your cat can use his imagination to think that he's traveling great journeys and navigating, you know, all of these different pathways around the world while just being safely in your house. So cat trees are great. Window perches are great. But if you're um, short on space or you don't have a lot of money, you don't have to invest in all of these expensive things. Look around your house. Chances are you have some shelf space that's going unused. This can be repurposed as vertical space with a cozy quilt or a soft blanket. Um, Same with backs of sofas or tops of storage containers, tops of bureaus, you know, so much that's already existing in your house that you already own um, with the addition of something soft and cozy can become vertical space for a cat. That's awesome. Yeah, those are great tips. My cat loves to sit on the back of the couch. So um, it's nice to make sure that they have those high up spaces to be at so they can feel safe off the ground. Yes, it's so important for a cat's welfare to have that those that vertical space. And what's interesting is if you have a multi-cat household, you know, and you have cats who are fighting, a lot of times multi-tiered cat trees or multi-levels in your house of vertical space will allow the cats to sort out their hierarchical hierarchical differences without fighting. So the higher status cat will take the higher spots in the house. The lower status cats will take the lower spots in the house. So they use vertical space to determine their status in their territory rather than fighting. So vertical space does have a lot of important uses for a cat. Yeah, good point. So I'm curious, what are some of the most common reasons that you see people having to surrender cats? The three most common are litter box problems, scratching. You know, the cat is scratching on everything but that lovely scratching post that you brought home for her and intercat aggression within, you know, a multi-cat household. So for many people... Cats peeing outside of the box is just non-negotiable. But I will say that many of these problems are human-caused. You know, a lot of people buy litter boxes that aren't appropriate for their cat, or they buy boxes that their cats don't feel safe in, such as a covered litter box, or, you know, a lot of cats don't like those automatic boxes. So, and another human cause of litter box aversion is plastic litter box liners. You know, some, if your cat get, if her cat gets those claws stuck in that liner, that's going to really hurt. And she will then associate the box with the pain. So she won't go into the box again. But, um, I, I do find that litter box problems, the scratching and cats fighting with each other are the top three reasons that cats do get surrendered. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. So for cats that are scared a lot, you know, the type typical cat that will hide under the bed all the time and not come out of the closet, what are some ways that you might suggest to get cats like that to engage and come out of their shell? Again, 
best way to do this is through interactive play. If your cat is hiding under the bed, you can just start off by rubbing, uh, running the toy slowly back and forth around the periphery of the bed and start to get her attention. And realize that even if she's only following the toy with her eyes, she's focusing on something other than her own fear and her own stress. So this is still positive. It's still a win. So don't give up. You might have to meet the cat where she's at and start off with something slow. Um, a great thing to do is just be with your cat, but be non-threatening. So if your cat is hiding under the bed, you don't want to reach under there because the cat will interpret that as a threat. So just go in the room. And a really good tip is to have something in your hands and be looking at that item that's in your hands. So go in the room, just hang out and bring your laptop, do some work, update your Facebook, you know, knit, read a book, go on your social media. You get the idea. Just do something that you're engaged in, you're focusing on other than the cat and just sit there quietly and just be there. Eventually, the cat will learn that you're non-threatening and she will come out and maybe sniff your, your toes or sniff your feet or something like that. And when she does do that, keep it calm, keep it light. Don't make it seem like a, a huge big deal. You know, don't, don't go, oh my goodness, she came out. Because if you get all excited, you're sort of reinforcing to the cat that she should be like, this is a big deal and she shouldn't be afraid of it. So just be cool, calm and collected, but start off with play. Stuff we're just hanging out. Lavish love and attention on your cat with your voice. Use your voice in a soothing tone and tell your cat how much you love her. She may not understand the words, but she's going to understand your soothing tone. And keep earning your cat's trust with routine, feeding her, giving her treats, playtime, and eventually that bond will will appear. Do you think that a direct eye contact with a cat that's fearful could be intimidating to them? Yes, they do find that that type of thing threatening. Like I said, you know, if you reach towards the cat, they find that threatening. If you stare at your cat, some cats do find that threatening. So I will recommend to people to kind of look off to the side, like think of looking over the tip of one of the cat's ears. And the other thing you can do is a slow blink. So kind of break up that stare and blink slowly. Um, some cats will even blink back at you. And that's a good sign that she's really started to communicate and trust you. That's very cool. Um, what about trying to get those lazy or overweight cats that don't like to play? How do we get them to engage with us? Yeah. So we're going to start slowly. You know, we're not going to expect the cat to be running and jumping onto chairs and tables right away. So I would, I tell people start off with ground hunting. You know, we're going to play the game with the toy staying on the ground because we have a better chance of an older or arthritic or overweight cat playing if we Make it so the cat doesn't have to do all these acrobatic moves in order to get the, the toy. So keep the play on the ground, move slowly. And it's very okay at the beginning to cheat a little bit and let the cat get the toy. We must all remember when we were little kids and we would play a game with our parents or somebody older and they would let us win, right? So we, we would get confident. We'd want to try it again. We can do the same thing with our cats. We can make it a little, little easy for them so they do um, get to get that capture and quote unquote win. And then we, we will give them that little bit of a treat so they have that reinforcement that they caught their prey and now they can eat their prey. So start off slowly, meet the cat where she's at, keep it on the ground, go slowly, and keep the session short. We don't need to have like these marathon 30-minute hunting sessions. Um, in real life, 
a cat will only hunt for maybe seven to 10 minutes. So a five to seven minute session to start off with is completely fine. Keep it short in the beginning. And remember that, you know, if a cat is arthritic or a cat is overweight, they're not going to be bouncing all over the place and they may not, they may not start in right away. So give the cat time. I see too many people kind of giving up at the beginning. They'll dangle the toy. They'll stand there for, for a few seconds. Nothing happens. And they figure, oh, this cat doesn't want to play and they walk away. Give the cat a little bit of time to sort of get engaged and, and get, get into the swing of it. Thank you for those great tips. So um, what are your thoughts on cats living indoors versus outdoors? I have very, very strong feelings and opinions about this topic. I feel very strongly that domesticated cats should be indoor cats only. There are so many dangers outside in addition to, you know, coyotes and predators and poison and cars. There are crazy people and it's just safer for cats to be indoors. It's a myth that cats are only happy outside. And people say to me, well, I let my cat out and now he wants to keep going out. Well, once you, once you give your cat more territory or expand your cat's world, he's aware that there is more territory. Now your cat has this, this instinct, this need to get out there and monitor the territory, see what's going on. Let other cats who are out there, maybe on his territory, he wants to let those cats know that he's rougher and tougher than they are. And he's going to stand his ground and protect his territory. So it's not that they want to go out. In fact, they find the experience very stressful, but they now need to go out because cats are territorial creatures. So if we keep our cats indoors and they don't go out at all, your home is their territory. And as long as you keep your cats happy and stimulated, providing them with everything they would do outside, again, this is where that play is so important, providing them with those hunting opportunities, vertical space, chance to run around, your cats will be just as happier and much healthier inside. Yeah, I think a lot of people get cats thinking that they're a low maintenance pet, but they actually do require quite a bit of that interactive play and time that you need to spend with quality time with them. Absolutely. I mean, people do sort of think, think that cats can fend for themselves, but they can't. They need us to provide them with shelter and with water and with food and with love. And most cats who live outside, especially in cold climates, don't make it through the cold winters. And those that do are often eaten by predators. I know in my area, there's a lot of coyotes and um, some black bears. So it's a danger for cats to be outside. Cats who, who stay indoors live much longer lifespans than cats who are outside. Yeah, that's definitely true. And for people who might have multiple cats and maybe have some of those tension between the different cats in the household, what are some techniques you could try for reducing the tension between them? So number one, again, is play because it's the best way to let, let cats um, relieve that stress and tension. But the other thing that play does is it makes them feel like, you know, king of his castle or queen of her territory in charge of her domain. So by by giving cats that feeling through play, it lessens their need to get that feeling through the other cat in the household. You can also use the play, I think I talked about before, to distract a cat who's about to attack another cat, redirect the cat to play, and let the cat hunt the toy rather than the other cat. If the, if the situation is very bad, if it's really devolved into 
a constant cycle of aggression and fear, we may need to walk in back, walk it all the way back and do what I call a complete reintroduction. And this is when you separate the cats and reintroduce the cats. You're going to introduce the cats as if they have never met each other before. So we're going to walk it all the way back. Whichever cat is the aggressor, that cat goes into the separate room, which I like to call the sanctuary room. You would start off as within an introduction process as if the cats are brand new to the household. They've never seen or met each other. And we'll go through the reintroduction process step by step, create new positive associations between the cats, go through desensitization techniques, and move forward to eventually get them to at least tolerate each other, move into a tolerant relationship. We can't make cats love each other. We can't make cats gleefully embrace each other, but we can definitely get cats to to the point where they can share space and tolerate each other. Those are great tips. Thank you. And what about these communication ways that cats will try to communicate with their owner? Can you share a little bit about that? Cats are amazing communicators. They use their minds and bodies together to communicate with us. So if we can learn their language, we can really have a lovely relationship with our cats. So a few of the basics, um, the cat's ears, they use their ears to communicate with us how they are feeling. If the cat's ears are up and erect, they're feeling happy, they're content, they're approachable. If the cat's ears are rolled back and down, it means that they are thinking they might be getting into a fight. They're preparing for a battle. Cats do this to protect their eardrums. So it means they think there's some type of fight ready to happen. Cats also use their tails to communicate. Unlike a dog, the faster a cat's tail is wagging, the more upset that cat is. So if a cat's tail is kind of gently swishing, that's fine. But if the cat's tail is really lashing back and forth quickly, that's a sign that that cat is agitated. If the cat's tail is up and erect, or even has maybe like a little bit of a curve at the tip, this is a happy, content, approachable cat. If the cat's tail is down, pointing down towards the floor, then this is a cat, again, who is upset, agitated, maybe ready to get into a fight. So those are kind of the basic um, body signals that we can look for for our cats. And interesting about cats, 90% of their body signals are translated to increase the distance or decrease the distance. You can come closer or stay right there. That's close enough. I don't want you to come any closer. So they're very good at letting us know, you know, yes, come on over and pet me or "Mm, that's good. Stay right there. That's close enough. So we just need to pay attention to that because if the cat's telling us not to come closer and we do, then the cat may hiss. And if we don't listen to that, then the cat may growl. And if we're still ignoring the signals, then we might get bitten or scratched. So if we pay attention and show our cats that we understand them, the more a cat sees that you understand her, the better things are going to be. Yeah, that makes sense. Having that mutual respect between you and them and they feel heard. I think they'd definitely be happier. Just like people. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're getting to the end here. So do you have a one, number one tip that you would want to share with pet owners to implement right away and make sure that they're doing today? Yes. Get out that fishing pole toy or wand toy. Engage in interactive play sessions with your cat. And if you have a laser pointer, toss that laser pointer right now. 
Laser pointers were developed for PowerPoint presentations in an office, and that is where they should stay. It's a little red dot that can never be captured. It's an unwinnable game for your cat. She can pounce on that dot, try to get that dot. She will never feel that physical, tangible capture between her paws or in her teeth. So we're causing frustration and stress in our cats, which is the exact opposite of what we want to do when we play with our cats. So interactive play with a fishing pole or wand type toy captures food, toss the laser pointer. Awesome. Thank you for that. And where can our audience learn more from you? They can go to my website at drrachelcatbehavior.com. And on that website, I have all kinds of instructional videos, information, and also my email so people can get in touch with me if they have further questions. Okay, very cool. Can I ask how many cats you have of your own? I have two cats. They are both rescues. And I love, I am unhealthily attached to my cats. I love them too. Me too. (laughs) Well, thank you again for your time. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. And um, I really hope that some of the listeners will reach out and be able to utilize your vast knowledge and wisdom to help their cats. Thank you. It was great. I enjoyed doing this. Yeah, you have so much information to share. It's just wonderful. And, you know, the world and all our cat owners and cats are so lucky to have you. So we just appreciate it so much. Thanks. And I can always come back. That would be great. So listeners, just don't forget to follow, subscribe, and leave reviews if you found this interview interesting. This will help us to reach more pet owners who might also benefit from the info. And definitely go ahead and check out Dr. Rachel's website and um, let us know if you have any questions. 